KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom and gain. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. Man, end of turkey season. I drove to work today for the first time in several weeks. Kind of feeling like I didn't have the burden of responsibility of looking for birds and trying to skip out of work early or sneak in late because it's turkey season. There is such, I don't know if you feel this way, Josh, but I feel when it's hunting season, whether it's deer in the fall, turkey, duck, whatever, like there is such an obligation that I feel during seasons to get out and hunt. Do you feel that way? Yeah, I feel like I should just quit everything. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously you want to. Like it's fun to get out and do these things. If we didn't have to work, we wouldn't. But That's I, a fact. I legitimately feel a pressure, <laughs> and and it is such a grind. You just, you just flew over the fact that we were basically like, yeah, you know, working's a blah. I, I don't feel like we really need to spend any time on that. No, 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 absolutely I not. If if all I if I could wake up every day and just hunt and fish, um, like our special guest today, yeah, who literally gets to do that, um. Man, it'd be pretty epic. I'm Taylor Maples. That's Joshua Wildman Stratton. Todd Lizenby is with us as well. Our special guest this week is Hunter Riley. You've got the perfect name for it, Hunter. When when I was introduced, he said, Hunter's here. And I was like, I mean, we're all hunters, but your name literally is Hunter. Hunter Riley, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I mean, it always blows my mind that there's anybody out there that claims Joshua is a friend. Man, you know, I don't know why I subject myself to this. <laughs> you guys have been friends for a while, though. You guys have crossed paths through Falco. Hunter, you're uh, you're a partner in Premier Plains Outfitters. Um, I made a comment about a month ago. And of all of the dumb things I've said on this show, this is probably the one that Josh wanted to like reach across the table and strangle me for most. Oh, I'm I'm excited to hear what this one is. I made a comment that I think turkey hunting was probably the most underappreciated oh, outfield yep. endeavor. Yep. And Josh was like, "Dude, you're an idiot." <laughs> I, I I may have said something along the lines of i think you're just saying that because you're new to turkey hunting and that was a really fair point yeah my perspective having grown up in colorado like we bird hunted we big game hunted i knew guys that would turkey hunt but i had never been on a turkey hunt i moved to oklahoma about five years ago it took me a few years to get into it but i'm eight up with turkey hunting right now so i've just and been h- consuming it right 
And this time of year especially is such a grind because it's such a short season. And I'm only hunting Oklahoma birds. I've got a couple of properties where there may or may not be birds, and I'm just trying to get out into that field as much as I can. Hunter, you'll appreciate this. His first turkey hunt was during the fall and with a bow. Yep. And uh, that's how he took his first turkey ever. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a great way of taking your first turkey. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right? A fall bird that responded to a call, Yep. got him in close, and whacked him with a bow. Yeah, that's awesome. People go after birds all the time with their bows and have a really hard time doing it. So, you know, for that being your first bird, that's that's a that's a good deal. I appreciate that. It was a really special season, all things considered, because, um, Hunter, you don't know this about me, but I killed a bear with my bow last year, too. Oh, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that you awesome. know what? You actually may have found the, one of the only people in the entire state of Oklahoma who hasn't heard about the fact <laughs> that uh, – that you kill the bear. Hey, Todd, what's uh, who takes the pool today? <laughs> For starters, I brought it up myself. Well, I had the need. I had the over at five minutes, so I think we're just under. So yeah, that's we're a under. win for me. We're Perfect. about a minute under. That's Perfect. a win for you today. Yeah. No, it was really cool though. I I got to go on that once in a lifetime bear trip. Um, I Here shot this go. turkey and, and I shot a buck with my dad on the trip with me, all within a matter of about a forty day window last year. So that was a really cool. Uh, bow season for me but all of that to say turkey hunting to me is a grind and i'm only hunting one state on a couple of properties hunter what you do and i know there are a lot of people out there that are the same way you are i just have such a hard time wrapping my brain around traveling for turkey hunting i feel like i'm too add for this i don't even know how you focus on what states you're gonna hunt what birds you're going to go after, what properties, which weeks you're going to be where. I mean, it's honestly, to me, as as a guy that's been turkey hunting for two years in very limited capacities, it's overwhelming for me to think about launching into an endeavor like you seem to do year after year. It's, I mean, it's a whole deal, let me tell you. I mean, first off, you know, we guide turkey hunts here in Oklahoma just during the month of April. It goes until April 16th, but, you know, we enjoy to travel and turkey hunt, so we leave that window in that early May time to be able to go travel, you know, state to state, whatever state we decide we want to go hunt and be able to do that. So, I mean, it's it's a ton of time and money, honestly, but, I mean, it's what I love to do. I mean, turkey hunting is my absolute favorite, period. I mean, I guide waterfowl. I love waterfowl. I love archery deer hunting absolutely love it but there is something about a turkey that just does it what is that something why turkey hunting you know i think the main thing with it is it's such a one-on-one activity like you know if you're waterfowl hunting or something like that you know you're calling in the flock of birds you have a big group of guys you know all that type of you know scenario going on with a turkey you know you're chasing say say you go roost a bird that night before you're like, you know, I'm going to chase that bird that I just roosted. You, it's such a one-on-one thing. You know, you, you set up on the roost. You're, you're trying to convince that one bird to either leave his hens or, you know, he may be alone or, you know, with another Tom or a Jake or something like that. But, I mean, you're really – it's just such a one-on-one thing, man. I mean, that's the biggest thing. You're calling at it. You're trying to convince it to come in. And, I mean, nine times out of ten – 
for a lot of people, it doesn't work like that for minute reasons. Rather, you make the wrong call, you move a little too much, you set up in the wrong spot. I'm, there's just a lot of homework that goes into being able to kill turkeys day after day, in my opinion. Are you a big game hunter? Do you do deer? Do you do elk? I, I personally do deer uh, here in Oklahoma, just, just during archery season, well, early archery, October, because the rest of the time I'm guiding waterfowl hunts. Sure. But I would love to get into elk. So my perception, I, you know, I I don't know if you know this, Hunter, but uh, I may know some, I may have some mule deer connections these days. What was the oh, over yeah. under on him mentioning the Mule Deer Foundation, Todd? Are we, who's taking that pool off the board? That doesn't happen oh, every every on. single week. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> I appreciate your transparency. When are you going on the road again? This has been two weeks in a row that you're here, <laughs> and I just don't know that I can handle three. Well, you're. Uh, I'm actually here all this month. <sighs> Um, we can probably fit in unless a I or roll something. to a. Tur- I may. I got asked to uh, go to an Idaho turkey hunt uh, next week. I, I may try to pull that together. Not sure though. Oh God, I'll be that'd there. be really cool. No. <laughs> that'd be really cool. What now, What'd you say, Hunter? I said, "Oh, I'll be there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I may. Uh, I may roll and do that. Uh, Idaho, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know about the last time I was oh in Idaho? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, he shot a bear up there, <laughs> the, uh, That's not even my fault. He set me up for that one. You know, the other uh, thing non-hunting related that Hunter is also into uh, is uh, he's a bit of a weather geek and uh, is a fan of storm chasing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Big so so between time. chasing turkeys... Uh, he is also chasing down tornadoes uh, and filming them and photographing them for his own personal enjoyment. D- uh, you run around with a couple of storm chasers too. Do some filming for them, right? I do. I uh, I actually uh, run around with one of our local stations here, News Nine, uh, with one of their storm chasers, Brandon Pennell. Uh, he's a super good dude, good buddy of mine, and uh, I've gotten the pleasure with basically going with him on any chase and being able to photograph and video you know the chase and everything and this year has been lights out far yeah yeah it's uh, been lights out have you gotten some good shots oh oh yeah i've got some phenomenal phenomenal i mean when you're when you're literally within a thousand yards of a wedge f3 tornado you're gonna get some wild stuff where were you for that one uh, that was in Cole, Oklahoma, okay. on the 19th of April. Yep, that one rolled right through uh, one of the properties that I get to hunt. That's awesome. Well, that well was, not, awesome, not awesome. Not awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was a, a gnarly one. Man, maybe I just don't have enough energy for this life. I'm trying to put myself in Hunter's shoes. And How many states did you chase turkeys in this spring? So this year we hunted uh, South Texas. Obviously, Oklahoma, Kansas, Wyoming, and Montana this year. Five states. Yes, sir. How many birds did you bag? I personally killed five. (laughs) Wow. So I know the bag limits have changed in Oklahoma in recent years, um, and I have not hunted turkeys outside of Oklahoma. Are any of those states multiple bird bag states? So, So Texas is. You can kill four in Texas. Okay. Uh, Montana is. It depends on your zone you're in. So there's a lot of zones that are a one bird limit zone. But if you cross over into another zone, you can kill an extra bird. So gotcha. 
you know, it kind of it kind of depends on if you have access to multiple areas, or you know, if you're public land hopping, you know, you can definitely you can kill, you know, a couple birds in Montana. But other than that, uh, most of the states are most of the states really are one bird nowadays. So I'm in a couple of um, I'm an olds hashtag olds, but I'm in a couple of public land turkey hunting Facebook groups and things like that. Um, and I feel like the most popular follow-up question for someone that's a turkey hunter is, what's your weapon of choice for turkeys? Well, so for the past, I'd say, 8 to 10 years, it's been a 20-gauge. But this year, I actually killed every single bird with a 410. Wow. And uh, honestly, I don't think I'm going to go back either. It, it uh, I had tremendous success with it. And honestly... It hit just as hard as any 20 and 12 gauge I've shot, honest to God. It has been a fantastic shooting weapon. You know, one of the things, uh, Hunter, you and I have had this conversation because uh, on the waterfowl side, too, you know, a lot of people want to gauge up. And uh, you, you, for as long as I've known you, you've shot uh, a 20 gauge. And yeah. uh, I appreciate, like, you know, you and I have had this conversation that I'm such a utilitarian when it comes to things. Like, I want one fly rod, you know, that does most of what I need it to do. Um, I want a shotgun. I, I'm just not one of those guys who um, wants to have one for every style of pursuit. I, I, I want to have one reliable gun that I know can get the job done. And that seems to have been your approach for as long as I've known you, Um at least as it relates to shotguns and uh, the pursuit of winged animals. Uh, what do you, what, what's the 20 gauge you've been running and uh, manufacturer wise and what's the 410 you like? So my 20 gauge that I use for literally everything from, I'm talking spring snow goose hunts with extension tubes, the greenheads, the lesser Canada geese, the greater Canada geese, and usually turkeys as well. I use a M2 Benelli 20 gauge and that, I mean, in my opinion, that's probably one of the best shotguns ever produced. And then the, uh, 410 I've been using this year is actually just a little Stevens, uh, single shot. And I have a, a vortex red dot on it. Nice. Weatherby is actually about to come out with a 410 side by side that I'm pretty, uh, interested be- in, uh, <laughs> that I think could be a pretty fun, uh, firearm. I'm like you. I've got one shotgun, and it was actually a wedding gift from my mom to my dad. Um, he went to a store and said, all right, this is probably the last shotgun my wife will ever let me buy. I need something that's going to be good, something that's going to last. And remember, this was 38 years ago, something like that. Um, Remington 870. And it is probably today as high quality as it was the day he walked out of the store with it. I love that gun. Yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with an 870. That's a pretty trusty weapon. <laughs> hey, yeah, I had a guy to ask me yesterday. He said, "Man, uh, from wasn't a, isn't a hunter become he's become one of my buddies, knowing from the fishing side of things, listens to the show, and he goes, man, I think I want to get into waterfowl.'" And, and yes, I'm, you do. And, for starters. And, yeah, yes, and yes. <laughs> and uh, he was talking about, and I and I think uh, I'm kind of interested in in uh, turkey hunting too. And he goes, but I have no idea where to start. 
And he goes, what about a Remington 870? And I'm like, you can't go wrong. I mean, it's a insanely reliable firearm that, you know, it's not going to break the bank and um, will last for generations. They're, they're just, they are what they are, you know, just kind of a, a, a really solid workhorse of a, an accurate uh, shotgun. We're chatting this week with Hunter Riley of Premier Plains Outfitters, and he guides for Falco during the waterfowl seasons as well. He's had a five-bird spring chasing turkeys across five states over the last few weeks. When we come back, we're going to ask him to tell us some more stories. I want to know more about the weather chasing, tornado chasing, all of that as well. There's a lot more ahead inside this week's Outdoor Hour episode. You know, I got a call this week from Lance over at Pedigo, and they've got a brand new model on the floor that he wants me to come take a look at. Um, I'm going to go do it this week, so stay tuned in the coming weeks to hear more specifically. I've been riding the Element model for a little over a year now, and I've had a ton of fun with it. We've kind of souped it up. We added the suspension front and fork. We added a suspension seat post. Um, I've got a little uh, shelf on the back of it that I've tied everything from um, a bucket full of corn to go deer hunting or my tackle box to go bass fishing. It's just got so much utility, and I love riding this e-bike. Whether it's 100 degrees outside or 30 degrees outside, I get this thing outdoors, and it helps me go further, stay longer, all of that. It's just an absolute blast. Check out Pedego e-bikes here in OKC. They are on MacArthur Boulevard just west of Lake Hefner. Go see Lance. Mention the outdoor hour, please. He will save you 10%. You can literally save money in your pocket by mentioning the outdoor hour at Pedego OKC. Use that money to buy a light for the front or, you know, add to a suspension front end or something like that. Um, but go see Lance at Pedego OKC. We're chatting this week with Hunter Riley inside the outdoor hour. We'll be back with more after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Taylor Maples, Joshua Wildman, Stratton, Todd Lizenby, and our special guest this week, Storm Tracker Hunter Riley. During the break, Josh pulled up some footage here of you that was back in april hunter was that the one that rolled through coal and then ultimately on to shawnee and did quite a bit of damage in the area right is that the storm we're seeing yep that is the storm you're saying you're insane dude yeah he's not right i mean like <laughs> but like he's he he fits in uh to the tapestry of the falco crew they're all a little off the rocker you know <laughs> But in a really good way. It takes a lot of faith for starters. Yeah, yeah. Lots of faith and just like un, uh, unrelenting passion and pursuit. Like nothing gets in the way of them just like living life by their terms. They don't really care about <laughs> the rest of it, you know? It's awesome. It all falls in place. Yeah, it's awesome. So I got to ask, you obviously hunted five states for turkey this year. You killed five birds in five states. You've obviously chased some storms, too. How do you schedule your spring? And is it just random that you happen to be in Oklahoma when those storms are rolling through? Or do you do you try to kind of plan these things around being in the right places at the right time? That is a whole 
situation right there. There, uh, it's a little bit of everything. I mean, you'll know normally, you know, within like four or five days on, you know, short range models, storm system wise, like which ones are looking like, you know, they're going to be worth something. And uh, during the month of April, I'm here all in Oklahoma the whole time, so I'm here for that. I actually missed one good system the other day because I was in Montana, unfortunately. And fortunately, so it's kind of like a one of those deals. You're kind of sad you weren't here, but then you're like, well, I am killing turkeys in Montana, so it's, it's all right. So, But he was still tracking them and, yeah. like, posting about them on his story. You know, hey, if you're around this area, watch yourself. Hunter, I do have to ask, you grew up out in the wild, right, in the outdoors, correct? Yep. Yes, sir. Did that fuel your love of weather, or or so, was it all kind of together? So the weird thing with the weather deal, uh, on May 3rd, 1999, I actually lived in one of the towns the famous F5 May 3rd tornado started in, which is down by Fletcher, Oklahoma. That's originally kind of where I'm from is that area. And uh, my mom and me, she actually took me when I was five years old, and we followed this tornado all the way to Oklahoma City, you know, not knowing it would be the absolute highest wind speeds ever recorded on the face of this planet and being one of the most destructive tornadoes ever. And, man, you know, I guess that kind of what sparked my interest in that whole field of everything. Your mom sounds awesome. She is a, she's a pretty cool <laughs> That sounds I awesome. I will say I definitely wouldn't be where I am without her uh, – Go get her attitude with outdoors. She's a big outdoorsman, too. This past weekend was Mother's Day, so we can make some room for the moms. That's great. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I uh, I lived in California for a couple of years, Hunter, and I'm sorry. I learned to surf. <laughs> Central Coast. It was cool. It's, um, it wasn't. No, it was, it was beautiful. And I learned to surf, and that was one of my, like, I started out terrified of the ocean, um, just because of the raw power and potential for destruction. And you kind of learn to have an appreciation for, to me it reminds me of laying out in an open field away from a city or on a mountainside late at night and just seeing the vastness of space, right? Like just your place in the ocean, and I'm sure you would say it feels similarly chasing tornadoes. You, you have to learn to have such a respect and admiration for just the raw potential that nature has because if that storm system happens to move in a direction that you're not expecting or if that you know second set of this swell comes through and you're not in the right place at the lineup like i mean you we're talking life and death consequences for this stuff and and i think those of us that live outdoor lifestyles and those of us that chase i mean bears or you know big game in that way especially you kind of understand that interaction with the natural world and i think that we kind of thrive in that, right? Like we're that's literally what you're chasing. Yeah, the storms are cool. You're out there chasing tornadoes because you're gonna get some cool photos. But I think if you didn't feel the way you feel when you're in the middle of that storm, it wouldn't be worth doing, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I and I have fun, I have a story about a sticky situation that I mean, I I almost died in, and it's it's because of like you're saying, you know, if a storm decides to move in a direction that it's not supposed to all of a sudden i mean you're in a bad bad spot 
Where were you? When and, that, and where was that, that storm? Would have, that would have been in 2013 during the El Reno tornado, which was almost three miles wide. I mean, like if I knew before I moved here that there were three mile wide tornadoes just rolling through El Reno, I probably wouldn't have. Listen, there are just parts of Oklahoma you shouldn't live in. Like statistically, <laughs> like you just shouldn't live there. I agree. Yeah. So, and you don't, so you're fine. Well, so we lived in a neighborhood in Choctaw until about a year ago. The Choc, bro. And our neighbors swore that, like, it wouldn't even ever rain in our neighborhood. They're like, I don't know what it is. We live in the Bermuda Triangle of weather, and it just dissipates and goes around. And we moved out of that neighborhood. Um, we enjoy the storms, but there's not a night that we're not watching the news and seeing these things roll through that we're not thinking, man, maybe we should have stayed in Choctaw. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. You know, you look at these storms and when they're rolling in and, like, the towns that they, like, nine out of ten times just split Yeah, right before they get to them. Yep. You know, it's pretty wild. So, Hunter, I'm scrolling through your uh, Instagram at the moment. They're Insta-stalking you. Um, and I actually, I have followed you months ago when we had uh, Tef on, because um, a lot of the photos for the Falco stuff you have actually taken. Yeah, I've, I've taken quite a few. I mean, we obviously have tons of different photographers, and then we do have a different media crew that uh runs you know most of the social media and all that that take a lot of photos as well but i definitely have quite a few photos on there without a doubt since i'm there every single day you you take really good photos man um one of the things i'm jealous of and again i'm way too adhd for this but i love a social media feed that's kind of got like one singular temperature or a, a tone or something like that. And I feel like yours is that way. When I scroll through, it's just very satisfying. Um, are you a Lightroom guy? How do you – do you have uh, presets do, you've I, built? Yeah, I do use Lightroom, and uh, I do have a handful of presets that I've built myself, you know, that kind of keep kind of keep my photos the same feel. Uh, that's that's what I go to because I don't really want you know a bunch of random just you know one photo just totally random than the other one kind of you know the feel of the colors the temperature just that whole that whole feel of it it's and, it's uh, a vibe it is it's, it's a, a vibe it's a vibe. It's, 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 a vibe it's a whole vibe and it's very aesthetically pleasing I don't mean to be weird about that at all but you've got a great <laughs> uh, insta presence man well thank you I I try to. I try to keep my stuff nice, and I try to keep it, you know, not, you know, if you look on there, you'll notice there's not, like, a lot of pile pictures or a lot of just dead animals everywhere. I really like just capturing, you know, the feel of the hunt, kind of what's going on in a hunt, that type of thing. Yeah. Well, and that shows just a quick scroll through it, and for anybody that wants to follow along, it's Hunter underscore Riley. Riley is R-E-I-L-L-E-Y, Hunter underscore Riley, R-E-I-L-L-E-Y on Instagram. But, like, each of your sto- uh, each of your photos really seems to tell a story. There is um, there's action to them, you know, like even your still life, you've got a couple of pile pictures, but they're not just, look at how many greenheads we piled up, right? Like, there's a little bit of some movement to everything, um, 
I mean, you've got a picture on here. I don't know who this is, but a guy about to blow on a duck call, and he's leaning in from the right side of the frame, and it's like you can anticipate the breath about to leave his lips. Like, it's just you can see he's got full lungs. He's ready to go. A guy carrying some decoys. Like, it's just there's so much um, – there's energy to each of your shots, man. It's it's really cool. It's a skill I don't have, but I love it. Well, I appreciate the the nice words about it. <laughs> That's for sure. So you've been on quite the trip this year. Five birds in five states. Um, again, I'm I'm very novice at turkey hunting. What species are you targeting? So personally, I'm a big fan of you know the Midwest and the western part of the country so predominantly all i'm chasing are rios and merriams but i did happen to take my first easterns this year which i i actually had no idea they were easterns where i was going in kansas had absolutely no idea until i got there and the guy that i know up there real well he's an older man that i've guided in the past and he's invited me up to his place uh, we got there and he was like yeah these are easterns up there and i was like oh my gosh i didn't even know that i didn't even i didn't even realize that. i didn't even think about it and so i actually harvested my first easter this year as well that's awesome how close are you to the grand slam then well i mean for the regular grand slam i just need my osceola which kill in florida which I, i'm gonna try to do that next year cool do you have super slam ambitions oh absolutely I mean, that's, that's a, without a doubt, I definitely want to go to Mexico, kill the Goulds, and I would love to go kill an oscillated, but when that will happen, I couldn't tell you. I mean, honestly, it could be one of those things to be a random thing that happens next year, or it could not happen for 10 years. I have no idea. I had never seen these oscillated in the last break. You guys had me look that up. These things are wild. They're like peacock turkey hybrids. That's exactly what they are. These things are freaky. I love them. They're super freaky. <laughs> And I'm into it. <laughs> They're really cool. <laughs> so I had asked you in the first segment, Hunter, um, about your big game prowess as well. One of the first things I heard about turkey hunting was that people kept saying, oh, if you like elk hunting, you'll love turkey hunting. Poor and, man, elk hunting. Yeah, and I had such a hard time wrapping my brain around that um, because there's probably not two game species out there that are more dissimilar than an elk and a turkey. But you're completely right in, in kind of your description previously of you're isolating one bird, um, and it's not so much of an ambush as it is you're trying to draw them into you. Um, it really is – I have such an appreciation for it. I have a hard time even articulating what it is about it. Uh, but the dance of turkey hunting is just a beautiful experience. I couldn't agree more. Is there one hunt of your five birds that you harvested this year that just set up better than the rest? Did it? Ab- absolutely. Uh, our first morning in Wyoming was absolutely out of this world. Tell us about it. So we left Kansas, which was an absolute amazing hunt as well. And we're driving to Wyoming. We were just going to stop there and, uh, try to kill a bird on the way to montana because we had a few extra days because it only took us about an hour in kansas to tag out (laughs) so we're headed up to montana and we were going to hit a couple public places and my buddy which is my partner in premier plains bryce we uh 
we were like, you know what, let's, uh, we knew the area we were going to, so we decided, you know, let's try to get a hold of some landowners and see if we can get on some private, you know, why not try? So we got a hold of a farmer up there that he had some turkeys on him and we, uh, paid him to be able to have access to his property. So we get up there the night before and we were hoping we'd be able to get up there in time to roost some birds, which we did. And we got up there a little too late. We got up there about nine, nine thirty. So the farmer told us that he normally sees turkeys kind of on the west side of this property. Well, the cool thing about Wyoming and where the turkeys are predominantly are they're kind of in the bases of the mountains, like on the cottonwood, just little, little bitty streams and creeks that go through these just, I mean, they're probably, you know, half a mile wide, the bait, the little valleys in here, just flat farm ground with these little bitty cottonwood creeks on them. And so they don't really have a whole lot of places to go. You know, they're going to stay on that little cottonwood creek. They don't really leave it. So we get in there that next morning, we're walking in and I was like, well, you know, let's kind of go on that creek on that west side of the property where that farm was in. So we're walking in about halfway there. They start hammering on the roost that morning. I'm like, all right. Well, there's some birds in here. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite a few birds gobbling. So we're walking towards them, walking towards them. And, uh, we make our way over there and my buddy Bryce, he tells me to stop real quick. And I look up and man, this tree's got about 80 or 90 turkeys in it. And we're, we're at about a hundred yards. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they just saw us. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's a ton of turkeys in this tree. So I put, I just had a hen decoy with me. So I set, set that hen decoy in the ground and I looked around and there's a little bush about 20 yards from us. I mean, it was like the most fiddly little bush you ever did see. So we're huddled up behind this bush. I mean, we probably look like two goobers in this bush. These birds are hammering on the roost. You know, I'm giving them just a little bitty, little bitty soft cluck like I'm a hen in the tree still. And uh, it gets a little bit more light. Turkeys start flying down and they fly down to about 60 yards. I mean, on our side of the creek just how you like you'd want them i was like oh my goodness this is about to happen and so they're strutting around they got hens with them they're doing their thing and one of the hens gets real pissed off at my calling and so she runs over and she actually hops on the back of that hen decoy and starts pecking the head and i mean you look to the left and every single bird from that roost is just running i mean full speed you got i mean there was there was probably 15 toms running in and i was just sitting there like Oh my gosh, like what is going on? So they run up. Bryce was the one with the with the tag originally. So he shot his bird. Epic hunt. I mean, we were there, you know, ten minutes. And uh so that was awesome. And I didn't I didn't have a tag yet because I actually wasn't originally gonna kill one in Wyoming. We were just gonna stop there, kill one bird on the way. We didn't really think it was gonna just take ten minutes. So we killed that bird. And I was like, well, I'm going to go buy a tag. We're going to come back here and kill another one. I mean, we could have just doubled up <laughs> about as easy as you ever could. So went to Sportsman's Warehouse, got my tag, went back out, found a found a single Tommy had about five hens with him in a different field. So we get we kind of saw the way they were moving. Uh, it was actually a, a different landowner that we happened to get permission on about 10 minutes before we went hunting. So we went in there, got in front of kind of where they were going, set up a decoy, and guess what? Made that hen super, one of those hens with them super mad. And so that whole group of birds came to us. Strutter did the strutter deal, came in strutting, doing the whole do, and they ended up taking my bird just soon after we got there. So, it, I mean, it was just, it was one of those picture-perfect turkey hunt days. I mean, it was just phenomenal. That's excellent. I can't even relate. Yeah, I, I... 
I, I want a piece of that action, you know? <laughs> oh, it was, it, it was one of those days. I mean, you don't, you don't get them every day. That's for sure. And for it to happen just on a random, just, Hey, you know, let's stop in Wyoming on the way. Let's see if we can't kill one. It, it was just phenomenal. It was awesome. That's awesome. Hey, we got to squeeze in another break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more turkey stuff with you, Hunter. I want to ask you about your calls that you use, um, some of your techniques, philosophies, all of that, and we'll have you tell some more stories as well. Plus, you know, conservation has been a big uh, part of this show, and we've paid a lot of attention to the turkey numbers around Oklahoma. I'm curious to get your thoughts as you're traveling, how the species and subspecies are doing in some of these regions. So we've got all that ahead inside this week's episode of the Outdoor Hour. Hey, it's kind of the off-season for those of us that are uh, avid deer hunters in Oklahoma, And it's this time of year that everybody starts to kind of look at their gear and say, okay, what do I want to do differently next year? Maybe you've got a little bit of money saved up that you're looking to do something with and you want to put it towards something that's going to help advance your outdoor uh, prowess. I've said that word twice in this week's episode. That's a good word. Um, Check out Okie Hides. Go to okiehides.com. They are made right here in Oklahoma City, locally, by Oklahomans, handmade, overbuilt, overproduced. I mean, I just cannot say enough good things about what I've found in Oki Hides. 26-gauge galvanized sheeting. They've got custom floor plan options. They'll put the shelves where you want them. They've got blackout curtains with magnets, and the windows open just so smooth. You don't have to worry about creaks and squeaks and sounds and all this stuff. They've got stairs that go up to the top of these 8-foot and 12-foot platforms. You can get handrails on one side, handrails on both sides. They've got all kinds of different options for you. Go check out okiehides.com if you want to purchase the best hunting hide that money can buy and have it delivered, especially if you're local here in Oklahoma City or the surrounding area. Get a hold of those guys, okiehides.com. Back with more from Hunter Riley inside the Outdoor Hour after this. Now back to the Outdoor Hour with your host, Taylor Maples, on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Final segment, Outdoor Hour. Hunter Riley is our guest this week, one of the owners and partners of Premier Plains Outfitters. He also guides with Falco locally. Man, it's been a great episode. Hunter, thanks for being with us this week. You killed five birds across five different states. Do you have some stories that you can tell? And I'm not talking like, you know, you told us a story in the last segment about how a hunt in Wyoming came together but have you done this over several years? What are you seeing in terms of bird numbers? Are are things in a good place? Are we concerned? From your own personal anecdotal uh, perspective, what is kind of the state of turkeys across the Midwest and West at this point? That's a super good question to ask. You know, I personally think that things are making a fantastic comeback everywhere I've been you know there were a couple of years there you know where you definitely noticed some numbers getting down in places and and I will also say I think it is specific areas meaning like 
for Oklahoma. Some areas, I saw a big decline. But then in some areas, I didn't really see change. Even whenever, you know, everybody was like, oh, the numbers are down real bad, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's, I'm not going to say isolated, but in a sense, it is isolated just because I have seen areas that did have a big decrease in numbers, but then I also see areas that didn't at all. It's interesting to me, you hear stories like San Francisco has a wild turkey population problem right now. They've got birds in urban places. You know, it's not even so much. Yes, Too bad you're not allowed to own anything that could do any harm to anything <laughs> in, uh, <laughs> in, in those places. <sighs> but... Yes, you're right, Hunter. There's places where there's just not enough birds. But it's not all just an issue of numbers. Sometimes it's just the way they've been displaced. Absolutely. I would agree with that. What uh, what states are you circling on your itinerary for next year? So, at the moment, in my head, three places that I want to hit. I want to hit Hawaii. I want to hit Idaho and Utah. Hold up. Back up. Hawaii. Hawaii, yep. Turkeys in Hawaii. Rio's. They got a bunch of them. Now, that just doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Dude, uh, hunting in general in Hawaii is is insane. So pigs, right? Their upland hunting is outrageous upland hunting in hawaii is outrageous <laughs> yeah go catch some blue marlin in the afternoon and the next morning go shoot a turkey or a hog or whatever you're gonna go shoot yeah i'm dumbfounded right now it's insane and they also arguably have some of the biggest bonefish in the world sure that no one goes after sure I, i'd be into that yeah yeah that's believable yeah so you said hawaii you said idaho I would appreciate it if you didn't talk to me like that. Why are you even in studio? (laughs) We've got like eight minutes for a segment, and we're wasting time on this. (laughs) You are welcome, folks. No, I love you. I'm glad you're here. But Idaho. Idaho. You know some stuff about Idaho. I've been to Idaho. I was born in Idaho. We don't need to go there right now, but. Yeah, I don't, man. I would love to go chase turkeys in Idaho. That looks like turkey country to me. Well, our boys over at Drift West uh, have picked up a couple of new properties this year. We've got some stuff uh, coming up with them. We do. Yeah, coming up soon here. We got some stuff to announce, so stay tuned. But, uh, come on now. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, our boys over at Drift West have stumbled upon like a turkey mecca of Idaho that they were not aware was in their possession. And, wow. uh, yeah, things have, uh, got, uh, pretty salty over there. Our, uh, Sam Solholt and, uh, Ben O'Brien ran over there and, and did some turkey hunting with those guys just a couple of weeks ago. And, That's uh, okay. yeah, Clayton and, uh, and, uh, Ed called me and said, this is the real deal, bud. Put this on your radar. So, so when are we going? Well, I may go next week. I don't know when you're going. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. <sighs> you see what I have to put up with here, Hunter? Oh, sounds like a horrible deal. Man. <laughs> All right, we got just a couple more minutes for you, Hunter. We've plugged the socials. 
Hunter underscore Riley. It's R-E-I-L-L-E-Y. Hunter underscore Riley on Instagram. Um, you got a couple more minutes, man. What else do you want to get into? What's some well, stuff what some you, people need to know? Well, it depends. What do you want to talk about? Turkeys, storm chasing? I mean, He's also an you, avid angler. That's uh, really I where am, this I'm dude came fisherman. up. Yeah? Yeah. He came up from from the fishing the fishings yeah what's your favorite uh pursuit with a fishing pole oh god that is that's a hard question that's a I loaded question for sure that's a that's a hard i mean i i love saltwater fly fishing Ooh. i love largemouth bass fishing i love catching smallmouth i absolutely love catching crappie i i love fly fishing for trout i mean my favorite honestly my favorite's got to be saltwater I love salt water. I love the ocean. Love every aspect of it. I love that. My father-in-law was here this weekend. Um, he's in Sarasota, and they go to Boca Grande quite a bit. Um, and that's a trip I want to make and go get on some tarpon in the spring. We should do an outdoor hour tarpon trip. Well, you do know that Ed also has a place there in Sanibel, so Drift West does. I did not. Yeah. Um, and, you know... You're coming with me to Venice this year, right? I am, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah I'm planning on that. Okay. Yeah. I've already, I've already been there this year. I have, have too. You? I have. Man. Yeah. I cannot wait he for t- that one. He took some of my gear down there one time, a couple, couple trips ago. Yeah, that would have been the last uh, the winter trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two summers ago. So I was in J.D. Adams and Company or a couple of weeks again. ago. You guys were having your one-year anniversary deal. Yep, Th- throw, throwing down, having a party. It was a blast. Honestly, you guys do a great job. Like, There's a lot of places that, hey, we're going to have burgers and some chips and drinks. But like, you guys do a really good job with the spreads of food and stuff when we're there. It's always a good time. Yeah, people like to eat. People like to eat. Including me. Same. I mean, I, I resemble that comment for I sure. I do. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite things about hanging out at J.D. Adams & Company is when I go in there, not only do you have all the new cool soft goods, like I know you've got new Howler Brother line in and, and Sims uh, and Orvis and all kinds of yeah, really Hunter, cool you haven't, stuff. Yeah, Hunter, you haven't been in in a while, but we literally doubled. We ordered in one ship uh, – double what we ordered all of last year in Howler. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to have to come in when I get done here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we got a, a good number of X, double, and um, I think we even pulled some triple stuff this year. But, uh, yeah, but it, beyond it's just the gear that you guys have in the store, what I love most is I have never been in J.D. Adams & Company that I haven't heard one of the partners, one of the employees, like offering to somebody, why don't you take my rod? Why don't we call this guy, get him on the horn? He's got some gear. He's got some insight. He was just on this trip. You know, like you guys do such a great job of making this accessible to people because, and I said this about turkey hunting, like I'm brand new in turkey hunting and there's a lot that I need to learn. Um, it's kind of intimidating, right, to be somebody trying to get into an outdoor pursuit, maybe because it's cost preventative, maybe because there's a huge learning curve. And a lot of these places that you go that have that level of expertise aren't very forthcoming with it. And if they are, they're very patronizing in the way they do it. 
Um, you guys are not condescending at all. You're very inviting. You're very welcoming. You're very inclusive. And I respect the heck out of that. Yeah, it's super intentional, right? We had a lot of those conversations early on when we were we were thinking about the shop and what we wanted the shop to represent. But uh, yeah, super intentional and in trying to allow ways for everyone to feel comfortable. And, um, you know, it, it's we're serious about the work we're doing, but we also, yeah, it's a clubhouse, right? It's a yeah. it's a hangout place for, for people who are passionate about fishing. And, you know, we got a cooler full of drinks and, and swing by, take your time, hang out. Uh, learn some stuff, listen to the silly convos that are inevitably going to happen. And Somebody was in there just with a guitar last week, like brought yeah. their own instrument. Yeah, just posting up, you know. If you bring a baby in, Josh will probably carry it around the store and do that. I go yeah. there just for babysitting purposes. He does, he does. <laughs> it gives, uh, you know, I, I would probably have like 14 kids if I could, so, uh, you know, I don't mind toting a, a kid around while I'm helping people. Well, check them out, J.D. Adams & Company, the northwest corner of 122nd and North May Avenue here in Oklahoma City. The address, if you just want to plug in, is 12325 North May Avenue. That's 12325 North May Avenue. Look for the sign that says Fly Shop. Fly Shop. On the side of the building. Our guest this week was Hunter Riley on Instagram, Hunter underscore r-e-i-l-l-e-y hunter riley from premier plains outfitters and a guide at falco hunter man thanks for sharing some stories and some time with us this week yeah absolutely thanks for having me guys we'll uh we'll talk off the air and get one of those hawaii trips set up it sounds like huh i'm all for it let's do it Hey, if you've got a story to tell or a lesson you've learned, give us a shout. We'd love to have you on the show. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at T underscore Maples. You can follow the show at Outdoor underscore Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. Connect on Instagram with Josh at Against underscore Current. And Todd Lizenby is at Todd on Franchise on Twitter and Instagram. One last thing. Uh... Actually, Great. yeah, no, okay, I can't because that's I was actually today and yeah, in yeah. tomorrow world. Yep, yeah, yep. We were on a roll. We were almost done. We are done. <laughs> Get back to it, sir. Thanks for joining us this week, Hunter Riley, our guest. Appreciate your time and insight. Follow him on social media. I promise you will be as impressed as I have been. That's going to do it this week for the Outdoor Hour. Join us next week. Until then, go boldly. We'll see you outdoors.